Welcome to the Stories from Africa podcast. This is Erika Estal, The Journey, Episode 1. This podcast was recorded at Erika Estal's residential garden. Keep listening. Hi, my name is Lawrence and welcome to the Stories from Africa podcast. Today in studio, we're not actually in studio today, we're outside in a garden somewhere and uh, we're hoping you're going to love this program. Uh, in, uh, to, we have um, a wonderful guest. She goes by the name Eric, Erika. Yes, Erika. Yes, she goes by the name Erika. <laughs> And I'm just going to allow her to introduce herself because I am awed by what I have seen in her space. She has one of the most wonderful spaces, not just in Kenya, but I think in the whole of Africa. And she's a very interesting individual that I would just want her to introduce herself. And so, Erica. Hey, uh, my name is Erica Masibo and I'm the brand, I'm the CEO of Erica Estal and the designer of Akire African Luxury Bags. So... Yeah, thank you, Lawrence, for having me, and I'm waiting on your questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. So, first of all, I'm just wowed by your styling of the bugs, the design. But before we even get to the bugs, I would want my listeners out there to understand Erica's history. Where was Erica born? Where did Erica come from before you go to where you are right now? Okay, so Erica is is this person who I believe I'm a creative and it's a God's gift to me, <laughs> which I'm very thankful. And this did not only happen because it's something that I had in a very young age. And I would also like to look at myself as somebody who's very rebellious or if I'm not rebellious, I'm always in the question. So um, I came, uh, I, I, I grew up in, um, in very humble beginnings that was with my parents and we were in Eastlands at that moment, yes. And I remember each time being in Eastlands, like everything in my surrounding, my mom brought us very well. I mean, she sacrificed uh, my mom and dad, of course. They sacrificed for us to have a good education and uh, they, they gave us the best, you know. They they worked hard. My parents are a strong uh, Christian. Uh, their beliefs is, is very strong and the, my mom's hard work ethics is very strong. But you see also, when I look at myself, I am not close to anything of that. You know, I am hardworking, I think, mentally, because I like to calculate where one thing is starting to where the next is going. So when I was growing up, people, like even my peers, we didn't have much to relate because they will talk uh, in a certain way or they will think in a certain way. Then I'll question and I will say, how is that? So I always question my surrounding and I always believed there was something more. So long story short, I believed that I belonged somewhere more. And at that time, you know, those those were the days, I mean, in the 80s, I'm, I'm, a, bit, I'm a bit of a young and old person. So in the 80s, you know, there were a lot of uh, aeroplanes passing and I will just be like, I will travel the world someday. Like I will visit the world and see the world in a very um, different um, perspective. And, I, you know, I always share that with my friends and they're like, oh, why are you dreaming? So like, oh, Unauta, so, you know, that's in Swahili, like you're dreaming. So long story, you know, I went to boarding school. I studied in a Catholic boarding school. I was still rebellious. The teachers, the nuns, oh my God, I think I was a nightmare for them. <laughs> uh -huh. um, I think you become more of a nightmare when you question, you know, you question the elderly, you question things around you. And people never understood how I thought. So, you know, time goes by, I finished. 
And then my mom took me to study um, French uh, at Allianz Frances at that time. I don't think I went much. I was skiving. Oh my God, she's going to kill me if she ever <laughs> listens to this. Then she took me to uh, business uh, studies, business English. At that time, I really didn't understand why. You know, my mom is a person who she she came out, she was brought up like, you can't be lazy. You have to work the whole day. But now we also change the narrative. It's like, you know, what is working? I mean, when you say you're working the whole day and you do not, are not pro productive. Ah, okay. So that's what happened to me. By the age of uh, 19, I went to Venezuela. That is Caracas in South America. So yeah, you're going to say what took you there. You know, I think it was, you're thinking you're in love and you're in love with the culture. You're in love with somebody and you're ready to move on. You're ready to go. So uh, then, yes, I went to Venezuela. My eyes were very opened. And I think in that time in life, um, the universe, uh, God said, yeah, you, you have to, to come back home. What, what, what year was this, though? Oh, I am old. I'm no, what, old, what my dear. did you go to uh, I went to uh, Venezuela. Huh? Uh, I went to Venezuela. Wait, I'm, I'm counting the years first. I went to Asia. So I went to Asia in 2010. And I I came back, so um, just well, just one minute. I'm, okay. I'm still retracting. Right. I'm still retracting <laughs> on. I think I went to Venezuela in 2005. Yes, 2005. So this was was your first time to leave the country. This was my first time to leave the country. Yes. Okay. And yeah, it was amazing. And you know, at that time, what I only knew about Venezuela is like, oh my God, this is where all the models in the world come from. It's like they were always winning at that time. They're always mm -hmm. winning the, the, the Miss World. Miss World. You know, <laughs> in our time, when you when you grew up at that time till 2002, you know, Miss Miss World uh, is coming from Venezuela. So of course, I was like, okay, fine. I am going to be this person who is going to be dropped in all these beautiful people. And everything. But, you know, you reach there, then you're like, it's like you're looking in the streets where all these beautiful uh -huh. people. I mean, when I say beautiful, it's the stigma of how you watch it on TV. Uh -huh. But then, you know, you see every beautiful woman in the street who carries themselves differently and different sizes. Then, of course, what I also enjoyed about them is like they had the extremes of also the other kind of beauty because you'll find somebody at the age of 9, 10 being taken to school now to be a future model. From nine years. Yeah, so they are literally trained. You just don't wake up and you're like, yeah, you look beautiful. You're 18. Go get into modeling. So that's wow. what um, shocked me. And I think I admired the, you know, the, how will you put that? The, the determination to like, yeah, mm -hmm. my daughter is going to be part of a page, I mean, in a beauty pageant mm -hmm. or something. Was there, was there a culture shock for you transitioning from Kenya to this new space that you're getting into? No, culture shock was never there for me because uh, by the time I was 18 to 19, before I left, I was working as a sales lady in Loresho uh, for this Italian guy in a furniture uh, store. So that that was my first job because I didn't I didn't like to do anything uh, much. You know, there were studies and then all my peers were like, ah, then we go home and relax. And I'm like, there's nothing really to do home. So I got myself uh, a job. So I was a sales lady in furniture. Then I got to be a sales lady in art part-time. And this is how I interacted with different people. And I was like, I, th I think I like this other world. 
And I started enjoying meeting, you know, when, when you sit around or people were coming to the furniture store, they're like, yeah, I'm from this country. So I was always very interested um, with that. But even in school, when I was in high school, I remember everybody was like, oh, Erica, you're the one who likes to talk to foreigners. Go and talk to that person. <laughs> I mean, people are coming from West Africa and they're like, yeah, you, 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 you have the responsibility to do that. Um, so... Was it culture shock? Um, I wouldn't say I had a culture shock because I was uh, mentally prepared that it's going to be very different for me. Yes. Okay. So what, what was it like the first, your first years in Venezuela? And were there any lessons that you learned during this period? Yes, yes, of course. And, uh, you know, that time when I went, it was just when Chavez was taking over. So mm-hmm. the country was still... Uh, in good condition. I mean, when uh, when we're talking this now in uh, 2021, but let me tell you, at that time in 2005, wow, that country was, I mean, unbelievably living in luxury and uh, beautiful, and yeah, it was it was something that um, I was very su- surprised because for me, if I if I never traveled, that was for me definitely a first class um, kind of yeah yeah wow. destination and uh, first. Uh, how will you, how do they say the first class world? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay. So now you you get there. Mm-hmm. How do you start life? What are you doing? You know. Oh, so no. When I got there, as I told you, I was I was very rebellious, and for me, um, I know I'm a hardworking person, and I also think that I also have a tendency to choose to be lazy. So. <laughs> <laughs> So I know those two never go, but you know, sometimes you have to wake up and say, today I'm going to be hardworking, but the next day I'm like, I'll choose to be lazy. But it's not that I'm lazy, it's just like I'm I'm stepping back and to reflect. I'm like, because if you keep on being busy and you keep on working and working, you don't even see what you're doing. Um, so anyway, when I went there the first year, I kept myself busy studying uh, Spanish. Oh, okay. So, you know, I was fascinated with taking the metro. I was fascinated going by myself. I was always, always going to a restaurant. And, you know, I'll, I'll just meet people. And I'm, I'm very social when I meet people and I'll just be like, you know, people are like, oh, so where are you from? And, you know, when you also leave Kenya uh, or uh, Africa, it's like, you know, I used to dress with all my head wraps, you know, I was like Erica Badu. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm very fascinated. So this is how I'm going to be dressing. So yes, um, my first year was um, languages and just moving around. And then the second year I decided to work in um, stores because I wanted to keep myself busy. Uh So like in fashion stores, just small ones around the neighborhood. So that's what I was doing. And um I came back because things did not work as as I wanted them to be for that time and in that age. So I also have to look at that. My age at that time was not, I was not well endured. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so in other words, you're trying to tell someone it's okay for things not to work out. Exactly, exactly. And every every time when you look at, when I look at myself now, I'm like above 35. And of course, you see, I look very young. So it's a, it's a one that keeps me young. Uh-huh. But I mean... What I was when I was 32 and now is very different. And I look better now also physically and I'm ready mentally now to when I was at 23. I mean, Uh 23, I didn't look this well put together, you know. Uh So I think, you know, as a woman, as even men, you just live, you let every age and stage um, how, how, how how will you put it? Like you evolve with it. You you go with it because... You em- sort of embrace it? You embrace it. Oh, I, I embrace it, you know. I mm. really do. Yes. I see. So now you, you go, things don't work out. Mm-hmm. You come back. 
Oh, so yes. So definitely I come back to Kenya. And then, you know, there goes my mom. I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to start living with my mom? You know, there's, you know, I have very... I'm, 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 sometimes I think I'm petty. So <laughs> <laughs> I was petty in the sense like, how am I going to, to be with my mom or anything? And, um, you know, I come back, then my mom is like, so what are you going to do and everything? Then I say, I, re I really don't know. And then my mom says, you know, Erica, you're really good in cooking. I think you should go to uh, culinary school. So I'm thinking, oh my God, I just finished French. You know, I didn't, when I say finished, I didn't really finish French because I was skiving. But I was like, okay, fine. If they see this in me, and at this age, there's so many things people see in you that you don't see in, in, in yourself. yourself. I see. And I wouldn't say, like when I look at the uh, these times, I, I really, I admire those those young people who already know what they want and they can go for it immediately. You know, like you see a 21-year-old just being like, I've decided to be a blogger and they just go mm -hmm. for it. For mm -hmm. me, it's just like, I will just sit back and say, Really? You know, I will question myself I, and then I will think like, I want just to travel the world. Of course, when you want to travel the world, you know, and you're not born, uh, born uh, with money or mm -hmm. coming from money or mm -hmm. like, how are you going to travel the world? Then, you know, you have all these ideas you have in your head. You're like, oh, yeah, you can become an air hostess. And then you're thinking, no, I don't want to become an air hostess. <laughs> Literally, I'm just going to be a tout giving yeah. people these. And then, you know, you have to give them your outermost respect, which I give them more respect <laughs> because they have patience. And I'm like, oh, that kind of patience I don't. So <laughs> You just call them touts. <laughs> yeah, but then, I mean, we, we respect our touts, right? <laughs> we respect our touts, right? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Yes, I mean, they're just dressed well, more well, and... <laughs> They, they are touts on air. But when you look at it, it's just like pretty, pretty version of it. You know, it's the same way for me when you look at it, when the time I was growing up. Yeah. If I was saying I'm going to be a designer yeah. and I'm going to make bags, uh, there's no difference of me being a cobbler. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I don't understand why if I say that. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, people, people generally put all these names, but it depends how you look at it. Is True. it, is it, positive is it negative but i'm like what is so negative of being a touting there's nothing also? negative about it exactly you know, so it's, if it's, they're, they're just touting yeah pretty just much just like i do not have that kind of um patience mm -hmm. so it's like oh no so they're not just gonna do so you know you look at all these jobs because the only thing at that age what you're thinking is like i want to leave kenya and you're like there's au pair options and you're looking at it then you know uh I always say to myself, which I still say now, I'm like, I have champagne taste with a beer pocket. <laughs> so, <you know? laughs> like, now I think I want to be in Monaco. This looks like nice to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's what, um, uh, so like, yes, uh, we were coming back. Then my mom says, you're going to this. And I'm thinking that would be a good idea. Mm -hmm. From uh, the little I had left, I decided to, to go and live in Kilelesha at that time. And what I had done is like, I got this apartment in Kileleshwa, which was three bedroom. So I furnished the rooms and then rented it out, the two of them, to other expatriates. Because I, I used to go, you know, like after school, I used to go out a lot and meet other people. And I was always intrigued with what other people are doing in my country. So now I used to go out, hang out, you know, I'll still be a party girl and say yes. So yeah. I'm still stuck at Kileleshwa. Yes. How did you manage to rent an apartment in Kileleshwa? Kileleshwa is one of these posh did, I, you know, I mean, spaces. You, and so, yes. Yeah. Uh, you, you look at it because sometimes the relationship we have with money, which yeah. I'm also still tr trying to learn my relationship with money. The thing is this. At that time when I'm looking at it, I'm not looking at it like 
this money I have, uh, okay, we all want to look at long term immediately uh-huh. with us. Uh-huh. I'm looking at it like, okay, um, I'm putting three months, uh-huh. four months, f- mostly it's four months to look for the kind of potential roommates I'm going to have. But, you know, you've already prepared in your head. Uh-huh. So, you know, after four months, I will not have that money. So it's oh, going yeah. to push you because every little you're going to have, it's going to push you to look f- for, for people. So how do you look for these kind of people? Because people forget this. When you have decided to do something, uh-huh. you're going to look for that target, that kind of target market. And that kind of target market has a different way of behaving or different way of the places they hang around. Yes. So that, that was number one, of course. Being a sales furniture leader, I was like, I know where all the expatriates hang around. And I'm like, yes, I will make myself. Uh, and when I also came back, I had some friends from South America. So it helped me. Oh, I see. So yes. the connections, the networks. It was not much of connections. I had to still push myself because they were, you know, the the expatriates most of the time they're given houses. Oh so yeah, yeah. So that was it's not it's not like they bit. will find somebody for me. Yeah. But it's just like where do they hang around? Who do they know? So that's what I did, and then I moved also to a to a bigger space which was close to my uh, culinary school because mm-hmm. I was studying in uh, Kilelesha. Yes. So I was just walking uh, okay. in the morning. So you see, I. I had very limited, so the house was being paid for, for all the people who were living there. So you just furnish, you know, you get your money, you furnish, it's just a bed, you know, and the steam yeah. room is done. Then the lady comes and cleans. Yeah, so. Yeah. So this was even before Airbnb? Yeah, this is before Airbnb. Sometimes I'm like, damn, I was a hustler. I'm still a hustler, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> So that's that's what I that's what I did. So, so did you finish though your your cooking? Um... Uh, so yeah. So let me tell you what was so interesting in this journey. Mm-hmm. So the second year, things started falling apart for me uh, for the house. So there's a time where uh, I didn't. All the people, it's like they have specific times when they work in the country. Mm-hmm. So after some time, it's like all these people who are, who are working, mm-hmm. they have to leave oh, I to see. the countries. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, fine. I need to start looking for other people to now come and start staying with me. And that was, um, I mean, that was so difficult. So it took, it went four months and now this rent at this place was extremely high. Yeah, I can imagine. Four months and five months. Then, you know, the six months, this will happen to me. And I was like, okay, Erica, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I... Like, I'm not going back home, so what am I going to do? I just wrote an email to one of my former uh, roommates. Uh, he was coming from Tanzania and he was waiting for his visa to Thailand. Uh, and he was working in the hospitality industry. So he was going to work on one of the luxury resorts uh, in Thailand. So I wrote to him because, you know, I, I take people's word for serious. So he said, oh, one day when you come to Thailand, let me know. I'll be there to welcome you. So in one week, I just got ready. I sold everything in the apartment and I took a flight and just left oh, for Thailand. Up. What do you mean? Yeah, that's what I did. Out of the blues, just like that. Yeah, in one week I decided, I just said, because, you know, I looked at all all the angles. I'm like, am I going back home? No, <laughs> I don't want to go back home. <laughs> you know what you're trying to tell me is, it is much easier to travel the world into a space for you that is unknown. Yes, I've always liked, I've always enjoyed the unknown for me because it has always brought a different result. If I went home, I will know, I will have to finish my studies. Then I will be 
pushed to be told, okay, now you finish your studies in hospitality. Now get, go get a job. And you know, I did the interns in the mm-hmm. restaurants. Yeah. And that was the the beginning of me realizing like, I do not want to work in the in, back kitchen uh, in, the, in my entire life, wait 15, 25 years, then to be promoted uh-huh. as a chef. 